Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hi, we're Karen June and Zandra of Little Yellow Couch. Welcome to our second season of the Style Matters podcast. This podcast is all about the reasons why we, or anyone, should take the time to invest in personal style, whether it's how you choose to adorn yourself or how you create a home that fulfills you. Connection, style, substance. That's Little Yellow Couch. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Style Matters. Today we're talking with Christina Cleveland, creator of Fuji Files, a blog dedicated to discovering original personal style and design sense with a focus on interior design and street style. Her work as a writer and editor has appeared in publications like Refinery29, Birchbox, To and From Magazine, Coco and Kelly, Camille Styles, and ads in Glamour, InStyle, and Lucky. Christina, we are so happy to have you on today. I'm so excited to be here. So, Christina, we found you through interior design articles for Camille Styles, but in your own blog, you bring fashion into it as well. We love that you tell your readers that rather than pushing up-to-the-minute trends and products, Fuji Files is about discovering a lasting personal aesthetic. We would love to hear more about why style, and especially personal style, matters to you. So, i really sort of been wrestling with this question myself for a while now and at times I really wavered and thought wait does style matter am I superficial <laughs> but what I I've sort of landed on um an answer that feels good to me which is that it doesn't need to matter to everyone but it matters to me and I can't deny it um and I think that's because it has a really direct impact on the way that I feel so there are these sort of superficial feelings associated with style, like when you dress up, maybe you feel fancy or you feel attractive or you feel edgy or for some people you dress or you decorate for the life that you want to have. But for me, I think it's more about do I feel like me? So when I wear something that's colorful or patterned or something that's really trending, I feel off for the day. I feel like I'm wearing like a costume and there's been lots of times when I when I'm wearing an outfit that feels wrong to me and then people are complimenting me and that sort of makes me feel even worse. Like 
you like this, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't me. You're liking someone else right now. Yeah, yeah, right. It, it, I mean, it, I can see why it would make you feel worse because it's almost like, wait, 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 you're completely mistaking me for somebody else. Yeah, because I've been, I've been trying to get rid of a lot of the clothes that um, don't feel like me, and there are always these pieces that are like, I spent money on that, or I haven't even worn that yet, or it has a tag on it. So um, what I did was I put all those items in a pile, and then I gave myself like a week or two weeks to force myself to wear them, like to work or wherever. And during that time, I realized, like, I'm wearing these things and people are liking them, but I'm really not liking it. And that was kind of like the um, the seed that just convinced me, okay, I'm ready to put this into the donate pile. Right. It's a great litmus test for um, weeding out your closet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, moments like that that have really proven to myself that I'm not dressing for other people or I'm not decorating my home to impress other people. They always say that like women dress for other women or in some situations women dress for men, but I know for myself at least that's not true because if I were dressing for other people, I'd be wearing more of those things that I know get compliments instead I'm wearing like right, right. the weird boots <laughs> yeah. that my brothers call my witch boots that I still inexplicably <laughs> love. <laughs> so talk a little bit more about, um, you said style matters to you because it affects how you feel. Can you t- expand on that a little bit? How, how does it make you feel when you know that you've got the right stuff in your room or you walk into... I don't know, your dining room, and it feels right to you. What feels right to you? Really just a long process of figuring out what feels wrong. So I've bought a lot of things for my home because it looked good on blogs, or I have things now that I bought because in my fantasy world, I'm, like, wearing heels all the time, and I'm entertaining people. But that <laughs> is just is not my life. So um, it's having those things that aren't totally me are kind of like this tiny little thorn in my side. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not being that person that I wanted to be when I bought it, or Mm. I may be disappointed or not met that expectation. So just getting rid of those things um, helps. And then what I'm left with is, I guess, it's like a process of elimination. That's how I'm figuring out what is me and what's getting used and what's getting worn and like what is in my home that actually serves a purpose. So I think it's a long process. I don't know that I'm ever going to get to the point where I'm like, this is my style, but at least I've figured out over the years what's not. Right. right. Oh, absolutely. And, and we talk on our website about one of our three principles is that style evolves. It changes over time. It changes you know, like in our homes, it changes in the makeup of our family, what we're doing for work, what we're doing for pleasure at the time, you know, how we use a space, where we are in, in our lives and how we dress and where we're going and what we're doing. And it's, uh, I think a lot of times I want to sort of forget what I used to think a, a, a good room looked like. And, and now what I think um, is what looks amazing. And I know that at some point, the room I'm in right now, I'm going to look at it and think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that once I thought gray was the best color to put on walls. I know. You know? I've had a really hard time with that because I I felt like the sort of 
shame. Like, oh, I can't believe <laughs> I used to wear Abercrombie and Stitch. Why wasn't I more forward thinking and like kind of getting mad at myself? And now, especially with blogs, like all that stuff that you used to like and you used to wear is all out there for everyone to see. So. it's all documented (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah and the written word of how strongly you felt about it at the time yeah and yeah and how I used to use like the same words for everything it's just I guess you don't have to get over like saying oh this was the perfect room and then the next month this was the perfect room Yeah, I know we do. We do have uh, uh, our go-to adjectives that we tend to, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we're effusive about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were um, antiquing a while ago with a third friend, and I think we we really tried hard to banish the word "cute" because every <laughs> time one of us would see something, we'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cute!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and apparently, and we apparently talked in really high pitched Yeah, we, we sounded idiotic. <laughs> so we, <laughs> I know. I do the same thing. And then I'm like, I can do better than this. I know I can. Right, right. We have whole vocabularies to to draw from. So, yeah. So you you mentioned earlier, too, about you struggled a little bit with, God, is this so superficial that I care about this stuff? And that's actually why we created this podcast is because we've both gone through that feeling of being a little bit embarrassed. I mean, this is years ago. We've fully embraced it now. But (laughs) Years ago, feeling like, oh gosh, there's, you know, I'm. This seems so, I don't know, superficial compared to real important things that are happening in real adults' lives. How do you deal with that struggle? Is it, is it just? I think, I mean, you started to talk about. You said you just embrace that this is important to you. We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, well, for me... Personally, I, I went through um, a few different phases in my career. So, for example, my first job out of college, I was working for 
uh, in a state government role and was finding no creative stimulation. And that's when I started my blog. And then from there, I, after that, I was thinking, this is not at all what I want to be doing. So I, at that point, started working at a furniture design studio. And I just found that I didn't have enough structure in that environment. And it was a very, very small business. There were just like four people. So we were kind of doing everything. And then I decided I wanted to work in a different capacity. So right now I'm a beauty editor at a media company, which is not fashion and not interior design, but um, it's a company that I feel strongly that I can support their mission. So um, for me, it's been, I guess, figuring out where design and style, like where its place is in my life. And uh, it's a hobby for me. It's not my top number one priority, but it is something that's a constant. It's been there, you know, since I was young and I don't try to like deny it or push it down because it's just every time I walk into my home and every night when I'm like moving around the furniture, but it's not my career right now. We've talked to a couple of other people who that is also true for. They, it seems like the style slash design component of their lives, it's sort of the, sometimes it's just a backdrop and it's just sort of, I don't know, like, like, like if you think about a photo shoot, it's sort of the backdrop for the other stuff in their lives. And without it, it the backdrop, if, if it was just empty, it would, it would not feel, it wouldn't feel complete. It, it would feel like it was missing something. Right. Even though it's not their full-time career. That's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but Christina, I really liked what you said earlier about that it's really about the impact of how how these things make you feel, whether it's what you're wearing or how your home, you display something in your home or how it's designed. And it's not only how we feel, but it's also how we are received. And so when you wear that outfit out and people like it, but you don't feel like yourself, then you don't feel heard and understood. And that's really sort of the the basis of what we all want in this world is to to be understood, to be heard and accepted for who we are. And so I I liked what you said about that, about how how those things make you feel. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, and I think early on in, in blogs, it was, I sort of had this feeling like, if you buy these things, then you will feel better. Or if you um, acquire these must-have items, then you will be your best self. And so I think blogging has really been this process of, um, for me, at least figuring out that, you know, having the whatever it is, it bag or having the blue velvet couch isn't what's going to make you happier. and It's not going to make you um, confident. And I guess right. it's more about that really personal aesthetic. And you and then you talk about that a lot on your blog, the personalization of your style, which we also really resonate with. I think the fashion sometimes is so much more easy to understand because it's something that you directly put on your body and it feels like there's this direct connection between the expression of who you are through what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. But I think if you apply that to your home as well, you know, I'm bringing this up because a lot of people say to us, they have no idea what their style is. And yet they seem to know what to wear and they seem to be comfortable in what they're wearing 
and that expresses who they are. And so we just want to help people translate that into their homes. It's really, it kind of comes from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when it comes to their homes, are kind of paralyzed by indecision because with clothes, it's a lot easier to do that experimentation. Like the seasons and the trends are in a really obvious cycle for clothing. And when exactly. you go out and you go to a restaurant or when you're people watching, you have hundreds of different examples of people wearing things True. that you can pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. But with interiors, unless you're for some reason going to a lot of people's homes, it's a lot harder to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. And luckily we have blogs now. Like thank God for blogs because before right. it was just a lot of me like peering into people's doors when the weather's nice <laughs> and they have like yeah, yeah. And windows open or like, right, when right. they have their I lights love that season. on at night and you can <laughs> yeah. like yeah. get glimpses. That's my favorite. <laughs> We're not stalkers, really. No, I know, but I, I'm an interior stalker. I cannot help when I'm going for a walk at night and when someone has their lights on, I'm always yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's interesting how they did that or that paint color or whatever. So, yeah, I'm so I get guilty that. of that. And it's creepy, but it's totally true. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's well-intentioned. We're yeah. Just... And then also, like, clothes feel like a much smaller commitment. So buying yes. furniture or picking art or paint colors, that feels like a permanent thing. Like you can't undo it. So it can be a lot harder to commit. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I definitely think that's the frustration that people feel. And and I think one of the things we're trying to get across is that you can do things on a smaller scale. You can sort of have this uh, canvas, this basic canvas of your home but you can have vignettes that change here and there and you can move artwork around and you can move furniture from room to room and you can rethink how a space is used without always having to you know pay another big credit card bill yeah yeah Yeah, I think in in homes people feel a lot more confined or constricted to what they can or can't do Um, like furniture can only be up against the walls or the paint can only be neutral so that you don't get tired of it so right <laughs> right a lot of rules out there yeah yeah, yeah. It's harder for people when to everyone's feel. tired of neutral yeah yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. exactly <laughs> yeah we need to break down the rules or at least just make sure the rule makes sense for you and that's why you're following it not because you know you're, you think that's what you're supposed to do yeah so on, continuing on this topic of experimentation and taking some risks. We would love to hear one of your best why not moments when you decided to try a new look for yourself or your home and it was a bit outside of the box, but you threw your fear aside and just said, why not? So I've had a lot of why not moments, things that, you know, probably I I should have thought a little more about like deciding I could reupholster my own couch or like paint a feature <laughs> wall, but thinking back to maybe the root of all of those moments, I'd say that back in my early teens, I was in love with this designer, Matthew Williamson, who uses really bright colors and at the time was inspired by India and I wanted to paint my room turquoise and reupholster my furniture and paint everything fuchsia. And luckily for me, my mom had a why not attitude and she allowed me to experiment. And instead of saying, well, I don't know, Christina, if the zebra print is really going to be your best look, she just said, try it. (laughs) And if you don't like it, try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, 
yeah, just painted another color afterwards. Right. Well, and that's so awesome that your that your mom taught you in that way because I mean she was really teaching you this life lesson that that is probably carried through your career and your personal life and the way you choose to dress and the way you, know, you do your home and that's I mean that's just a really great thing to pass on to to your child or to a friend. Yeah, definitely. And so that encouraged me to try whatever ideas would pop into my mind and then be confident that I do have good taste and I do have a good eye or whatever it is or, you know, taking jobs and making life decisions. But then also afterwards not being like, I told you so if the ideas don't work out, which I think is just as important. Absolutely. Right. And really the only way I think that you really develop your style or, you know, develop a good eye, as you said, is is through trying stuff. You're never going to figure it out if you don't try. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make a few mistakes. Yes. (laughs) Or, yes. or a lot. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, ultimately, style is about yourself, is, is about oneself. And so, you know, you, you really, it's, it's great. It can be very freeing when you think of it that way, that you don't have to please anybody but yourself. And so you can try anything you want. Yeah, and there's a chance that other people won't like it. And that kind of, sometimes that makes me feel even stronger about liking yeah, that's a great, a great attitude to have. Yeah, absolutely. We talked with someone recently um, that uh, in, in another podcast, and she was she had put this amazing wallpaper up in her foyer, and she absolutely loved it. And she was talking about how when people come in uh, to her home, that almost always the reaction is "Wow," <laughs> and she can never a hundred percent tell if it's wow oh my gosh that's loud and (laughs) bigger than I expected or wow like I can't believe you did that that's so cool but we all agreed that the reaction is so much better than no reaction at all so (laughs) there's there's something to be said for making a statement whether people like it or not how it makes you feel and and I think it probably gives them permission to take some chances and also probably makes them excited to see, you know, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Pique the curiosity. Yeah. And how else will you learn what your taste is unless you try it and then maybe, maybe you liked it better before and you switch back, but you'll just never know. Absolutely. Or understanding what, what works on a small dose, what works on a grand scale. Yeah. You know, it, some, for, it, sometimes it's hard to know until you just see it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask one more question before we wrap up, which is I'm dying to know um, if you could describe, say, your favorite room in your house and what you love about it and how it makes you feel, uh, since that's what we've kind of been focusing on, and, and just what, is it, what does it look like and what does it do for you? Well, right now I'm living in a sort of loft-style studio, so I have one big room and um, I did that on purpose. I lived in a really tiny studio before, and before that, I lived in a large house, and I just found that I was a lot happier in the studio. I could see everything from every vantage point, so whether I'm in the living room or if I'm in bed, I can see and appreciate the entire space. So I found that like when I was in a house, you can only really see what the room that you're standing in and there are walls up and you can't appreciate, you know, your guest bedroom because you're never in there and um, you can't appreciate all the hard work that you did on a paint job. So 
I just really love <laughs> being in my home and seeing the entire room all the time. And then also because I live by myself, it just feels safer. <laughs> Uh-huh, right, right. No, there's nobody under the couch yeah, because exactly. you, you've, been you've been watching that couch. Nobody has gotten under there. I would still check. <laughs> I love how intentional that is. I mean, you've really, you've really articulated why a loft space works for you. And I think so much of the time we don't necessarily know why we like what we like, or we just don't take the time to figure that out. But knowing that very specific reason why you that layout aesthetically works for you is, that's just great. I mean, it's kind of, it's fascinating, but it's also so helpful in making design choices. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is because I did live in a house and then I did live in a studio and then an apartment right, after that. Right. So it's, it's the same thing again. It's just experimenting and figuring out what I don't like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just thinking is that you, and, and not only did you live in those places, you were attuned to how you felt in those places. And so then you were able to sort of collect those feelings and apply it as you went forward. So right. that's really cool. Before we moved to Boston, we lived in a much, much bigger house. And I, when we bought it, I was so excited at all this room and all this space and, I could decorate in all these different ways because there was all this room and we only ended up living there for two years and it really taught me that I don't like living in big houses and I never would have known that. I'd always be pining for a big house if I hadn't tried it out and then realized I am much happier with less. Yeah, so yeah. It's, I it's the kind same of the same thing. thing. I'd like the opportunity to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was lucky to have the opportunity. I'm still in the small house and I've only lived in smaller things. <laughs> it's not that big. But, <laughs> so, some things you need to try for yourself but yeah so, <laughs> so anyway christina thank you so much for joining us today um to delve deeper into your personal style visit the fujifiles.com thank you for having me thank you so much for listening to the style matters podcast brought to you by little yellow couch are you ready to stop waiting for your dream house to materialize and start loving the home you've got Visit us at littleyellowcouch.com. To check out our free video series on our three principles of design, click on the videos tab. If you love the interviews you're listening to, please take a moment to rate us and leave a comment on iTunes. See you next time on our Little Yellow Couch. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now. <laughs>